This is reposted. Hello, and welcome to Reposted. In the next few moments, we'll be breaking down a post that we have found to be inspiring, interesting, or otherwise entertaining. Quotes that catch our eye and we feel are worth a deeper look. Thank you for stopping by. Andrew Keller, you are getting an Olsen love sandwich today. That's because we are joined by learning specialist, Karen Olsen, <laughs> who just so happens to be my wife. Hello, Mrs. Olsen. Good morning, Andrew. I hope you really enjoy being in the love sandwich today. I do enjoy it. So after this episode, there will only be one member of your family who has not been on the show, and it's your middle child. That's oh, of course. Of, of course. course. Why are you always targeting middle kids? As a middle kid, I just think that's not okay. That's fine. As the youngest, I don't care. <laughs> the middle kid. That's because you didn't even get a baby book. Don't take it out on my middle kid. <sighs> Freaking middle kid. We're here today to talk about a quote from the book of Christine Carter, her book, New Adolescence, Raising Happy and Successful Teens in an Age of Anxiety and Distraction. Let's start with this quote, Mrs. Olson. When the rate of technological change exceeds our ability to adapt to it as it has now, we human beings become dislocated. This means that our world is being reshaped faster, way faster than we have yet been able to reshape our parenting. It's no surprise that the kids are feeling unmoored. So when it comes to technology and kids, didn't our parents say the same thing? Like, oh, that damn Commodore 64, these kids. <laughs> like, isn't technology always outpacing where we're at in society? It's not, and certainly not at the pace it is right now. I mean, this is like an unprecedented amount of change that has happened in like a generation. And, you know, another part of that quote was that the way we communicate, work, like, transport ourselves around has all drastically changed because of technology. And for us, it's reshaping us. For our kids, it's not reshaping them. It's shaping them because this change, like they grew up with this level of technology. So for them, this is their normal. For us, it's, it's kind of like discombobulating and we're not adjusting. And it's, to their disadvantage because we're not adjusting as quickly as technology is. I just feel like we're trying to parent them the way that we reflect back on our own adolescence and teenagehood. And it's so different. It's like the same things don't work now. So you said we parent them. Are you talking about it? Who's catching up? Is it, I mean, I guess it's the parents and the education system, which I think the education system is probably slower to react, but like, are the kids kind of being like, well, this is how it is you guys need to catch up with the game or do you think this level of engagement with technology is damaging? I mean, I definitely think that there's so many studies that show that the level of technology our kids, our adolescents and teenagers are engaged in is adding to the, like raising rates of anxiety and depression. So I certainly think the quantity and the type of technology they're, they're engaging in is not healthy, but it's almost like our inability to show them and guide them the right way through the technology is equally as damaging. And I kind of think that education is staying up with it faster than parents. Mm. Because as a parent myself, when I like, I think we do things out of our own experience. And so when I'm trying to think of like, okay, now we have this teenage daughter, I reflect back on my teenage years as I think about how to like support her and guide her but it's not like an accurate model. It's not, it's just so different. Like some of the examples she gave about technology, 
are that imagine like shopping. I walked around a mall with my friends and we talked about life and we were like, look at that cute sweater. Oh my gosh, look at those guest jeans. And now like our kids sit on their phones shopping for clothes online, isolated, not talking to people. Or I studied forever to get my driver's license with my dad in the car. And I took driver's ed at school with two other friends and we joked about driving. And now kids aren't even getting their driver's licenses because they're taking Uber and Lyft everywhere. So just the things that were like staples of our adolescence are not really happening now. So these big tech companies, all sorts of studies say that they're making these devices to keep us addicted, to keep going back to them. So we know that. So then yeah. what's the trick of having your kid not get addicted and stay off the device? So that is like, so first of all, this is like all Christine Carter in this book and she's amazing. And these are like all her tips, but she literally says the main thing you have to do is take away some of the appeal of the technology. And so on a very practical level, she says, obviously turn off all notifications, take the most appealing addictive apps and move them into folders off of the home screen. If you give an extra level or two of the steps it takes to get there, you won't go there as quickly. And she also said, turn their phones to grayscale because the color is like novel to us. So when you're sitting with your phone next to you doing your homework, and a notification comes in, the ping hits this place in your brain because we know our brains seek novelty. And this ping is like, oh my gosh, there's new information that exists for me right here next to me. Let me turn my focus from what I'm doing to this novel thing. Hmm. And as soon as they do and they go back, there's all these studies about like multitasking and how it's not, you can't really multitask, but, but it was saying it takes you 23 minutes to settle back into the activity you were previously doing into a state of deep focus. And I, kids feel frazzled and busy, but I don't think like she talks about how kids don't really have jobs. Like we all had jobs, right? I don't know. I mean, I worked at the gap. I was a babysitter. I had all these after-school jobs in high school and our kids aren't really working for money right now. And they're doing the same level of activities that we did really they're, They actually have a little bit less homework than we used to have. So why do they feel so busy? I think it's because they're constantly drawn away from what they're doing. So the task they're doing is taking them so much longer than it should because they're never sinking into deep focus in it. I buy into all of that. And I wasn't alive in 1439 when the printing press was invented. But the only analogy I can think of is like people saying how the world is never gonna be the same. People won't be able to remember stuff because the spoken word was such a big thing. But here we are 600 years later almost. And I think we're doing well. Like, what do you think is the positive that's going to come out of this 50 years from now? Totally. That is so funny because in her book, she gives the example of something like the printing press. It revolutionized people's lives. But when we look back and go, oh, dang, I wish they didn't invent that printing press. It just made all these books to read. Like, it was a good thing, but it shook people up for a while and people had to adapt. And so are we going to look back and go, oh my gosh, I wish they never invented smartphones no, because it allows us to like communicate while we're in a pandemic and do all these really amazing things. It's not like that the technology in itself is bad. I think it's like, we're not adapting to it quickly enough to guide our kids well through it. You know, like we're kind of handing these devices to our kids and they, at this point in adolescence, they have this really well-developed amygdala where all the emotions are but they don't have this really well-developed like frontal lobe of their brain, which is the executive function, like common sense part that says, hey, maybe I shouldn't do that. Hey, wait. So their emotions are getting hit all the time with these like 
these good feelings when they're looking at their phone and seeing different things. But the frontal part that says, whoa, hang on, put the phone away, focus on homework is underdeveloped. And so they don't actually even have like the brain structures to deal with their own technology and willpower is not going to do it. So I just think technology is a good thing, but as parents, I think we need to set really clear structures for them because they're not going to do that for themselves yet. I saved my hardest question for last on a scale of one to 100. Yes, if I had to do it all over again, I would still marry you. Thank you for asking that. Well, I was actually thinking- Unless Andrew Keller was available at that time. He I'll, was your- I'll remain in the number two position. That's fine. Okay, thank there, you. You were there for a while until you got engaged. Boo. <laughs> I was just going to ask on a scale of one to 100 how good of a lover I am, but I guess it's <laughs> just- I guess it just <laughs> Wow. Okay, that's embarrassing. Uh, I get a wrap today because Andrew Keller is giving me this great honor. That is my wife, the one and only learning specialist. By the way, she's got two master's degrees, I think a couple of other sub-degrees and 10 certificates. She goes to all these conferences every year and leaves me with the kids, so that's how I know that. Mm -hmm. Learning specialist, if you want to find her on the webs, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Because uh, I need to find Karen, please reach out. You can find her at Reposted Podcast on Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, Instagram. I'm Andrew for the lovers. <laughs> Man, thanks for stopping by. <laughs>